Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 4, Episode 175 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you again for joining us as we continue with, well, to begin our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. We are looking in 1 Kings chapter 17 to 19 this week, uh, in the week of July, June the 27th to July the 3rd. Uh, and to give a bit of context, we need to just have a look at what has happened uh, in 1 Kings 11 to 16 since the death of King Solomon. Uh, there has been a lot of disruption in the kingdom of Israel. In fact, it is now split into two. For that context, I'm going to quote from the Come Follow Me manual because I think it summarizes it quite nicely. It says, quote, The house of Israel was in disarray. The unity and prosperity achieved under David and Solomon were long past, and the nation's covenant relationship with the Lord was, for many people, a distant memory. The kingdom of Israel had divided, with ten tribes forming the northern kingdom of Israel and two tribes forming the southern kingdom of Judah. Both kingdoms, kingdoms were unstable spiritually, led by kings who violated their covenants with the Lord and influenced others to do likewise. For the apostasy was especially severe in the northern kingdom, where King Ahab encouraged Israel to worship the false god Baal. Close quote. Now, with this, we don't get the entire um, kind of context with um, what what we're going to discuss, but with um, the individuals involved, such as King Ahab was mentioned, also Jezebel, who he married, uh, who, you know, if, if King Ahab uh, was a negative influence on the kingdom of Israel, then Je- Jezebel was a significantly uh, negative in, um, impact on the kingdom. Uh, and we, of course, meet Elijah here. Uh, who is first mentioned in this uh, chapter 17. And he speaks to uh, to Ahab and says, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew or rain this, these years, but according to my word. And this is particularly interesting because it was mentioned in chapter 16 just before that King Ahab, when he married Jezebel, started to worship the god Baal. And as we've mentioned already, God, the god Baal was the storm god, uh, the god of the weather. Uh, and as such, um, the Lord has responded to this. Um, as it mentioned in verse 33, uh, Ahab made, uh, of verse King 16, Ahab made a grove and this made, and Ahab did more to provoke the God, Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. So, you know, in the chapters leading up to this, we've had a number of kings that were discussed uh, but Ahab was the most wicked, it seems, out of them that provoked the Lord to anger. And this has led uh, to this um, this famine or this um, drought, I should say, which, of course, leads to famine. Um, one thing here to note is that, first of all, this is an, an instance where a person's actions leads to a negative outcome in, in their lives. Uh, of course, this does not mean that um, every negative thing that happens in our lives has been caused by something that we have done. Um, that isn't how the, the calculus of the universe works. Sometimes bad things happen because um, they just happen. Um, sometimes bad things happen because you are doing the right thing and there are forces at work to try and dissuade you from doing them. Uh, but in this instance, uh, the, the wickedness of King Ahab uh, has has led to this, this drought. Uh, this would have been a difficult thing for... Um, Elijah to go and do, but uh, he went and he spoke before the king. Uh, President Gordon B. Hinckley said, quote, there was no arguing, there was no excusing, there was no equivocating. Elijah simply went and did according to the word of the Lord. 
and he was saved from the terrible calamities that befell those who scoffed and argued and questioned. Close quote. He was told to go to a river or to a brook, Elijah, uh, and he was fed by some ravens. Um, and then, after a while, the brook dried up, uh, and the Lord uh, continued so uh, to guide him to Zarephath. Now, at this point, it's important to point out that Elijah is also suffering from the um, command that the Lord has given that there would be no rain. So it isn't just King Ahab who's suffering with this difficulty, but in fact, the whole kingdom of Israel. Um, Elijah is suffering with this, and he goes to Zarephath where he meets a widow. Now, this widow of Zarephath is not mentioned by name, um, but she is a great example of faith uh, and one of the, I'm sure, the heroes, I, I imagine, that we have of the Old Testament who willingly sacrifices, um, even though she is, you know, she has very little. Uh, and I guess for us, uh, this brings it to the question of if we are struggling or under great a difficulty, are we able to sacrifice? Are we able to still give? I mean, one example of this, uh, one clear parallel of, the, parallel of this in our lives is that with the principle of tithing. Um, even if we have very little, are we? do we have the faith to exercise enough that we give our little tithing that we have and we will be able to be blessed by the Lord? Um, you know, I have seen on numerous occasions uh, in, in, our, in our lives, in, our, in mine and my wife's life, that the principle, the principle of tithing has been a great blessing to us. Just one example, just very briefly, um, we were expecting the birth of our daughter um, in about a week. So, you know, very um, t tedious or tenuous time in our lives. Uh, our first child's uh, birth had not been particularly uh, straightforward. It led to an emergency surgery. Uh, and so this second child um, was a planned surgery uh, because of the circumstances around the first and what seemed to be the circumstances uh, for our second child as well. Um, so we needed basically to make sure that everything was set in place, that we could just make sure that this was done right. But uh, as uh, we were leaving the hospital on, on a, it was a Sunday, I remember, because we had to rush in um, for um, just to check something. Um, as we left uh, our car, which we had bought a few months previously, uh, was broken. The clutch had gone. Uh, so basically we couldn't shift the gears of the car. Uh, it was stuck. Um, and we were, well, we had no idea what to do. We kind of sat in the car for 10 minutes and we're just thinking, well, what do we do now? Within 15, 20 minutes, and I'm not exaggerating here, um, of this circumstance appearing to us, uh, we had a phone call uh, from uh, my parents-in-law who were wanting to sell their... They had two cars and they wanted to sell the second one uh, because they were making a couple of changes. And they asked if we were willing to... If they, if we wanted a car. <laughs> and it's like, okay, the timing of this, um, the circumstances which don't come along every day, you know, someone offering for you to buy a car at a very much reducted price, reduced price, um, it was you know, no coincidence uh, that this took place. And to this day, I, I believe firmly it's because we, since we've been married, we agreed that we would be, we would pay our tithing, um, even if we had very little, which at the time we did. Um, we were able to make arrangements for the purchase of this car. And well, it's lasted us for nearly eight years, uh, that vehicle, uh, which has been a great um, support and, and comfort and blessing for us.
Now, of course, this doesn't mean that the the blessing will always come in a certain way or will always miraculously come. Um, but the Lord does promise that he will bless and he will strengthen us in our time of sacrifice. And this is what we see here with the widow of Sarapath. Um, in verse 10, we read that she was gathering sticks and Elijah uh, approaches her and says, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Um, and as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Now we see here, this is the moment which is a bit of a problem uh, for the woman because they themselves have very little food. Um, she replies and says, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. Behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. So either, so basically very little food left, a couple of sticks, which sounds like there's not going to be a very big fire made, which means the meal that she's planning to make is very small. Um, and then that's all they've got left. So this was a, obviously a big thing that was being asked for for here by Elijah. And we may question this and say, you know, why was, was the woman asked to do this? Why was she asked to give something first to Elijah um, before she then fed her and her son? And it all again comes down to this principle of sacrifice. Um, Sister Carol F. McConkie taught, uh, quote, when we choose to live according to the words of the prophets, we are on the covenant path that leads to eternal perfection. From a single mother struggling to survive a season of famine, we learn what it means to sustain a prophet. Close quote. Um, a great comment on that. Also, President Thomas S. Monson said, quote, The plight of the widow is a recurring theme through Holy Writ. Our hearts go out to the widow at Zarapeth. Gone was her husband, consumed was her scant supply of food, starvation and death awaited. But then came God's prophet with the seemingly brazen command that the widow woman should feed him. Um, her response was touching. Close quote. And she did do this, and we'll see the blessings that came to this woman uh, as we study this and conclude this um, little episode of, um, of this account uh, tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, please comment on your study uh, on the Facebook group, and until we meet again.